the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is brought to you by Christy Stratton, accredited divorce coach. So many people are affected by divorce at some point in their lives. It can be a lonely and challenging time of life. But it doesn't have to be. Whether you or a loved one is considering divorce, going through it, or coming out of it, the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton is here to be your go-to educational, informational, and inspirational resource for those touched by divorce. Christy has been there, and now she's here to walk the path with you as a certified divorce coach and as your thinking partner. Her guest will bring you important insight and information, helping you make better decisions through and beyond the process, inspiring you to be your best self for you and your family, all giving you hope and reassurance that you'll be okay. The Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton starts now. And here's your host, Christy Stratton. Hello and welcome to the Divorce Coaching Hour. If this is the first time you are joining us, welcome to you. And if you are back again with us this week, Thank you for being with us and welcome back. Friends, each week I like to remind those listening that this show is for those considering divorce in the midst of it, coming out of it, and also for friends and family of those divorcing because it can be an overwhelming life event for absolutely everyone involved. You know, we're not here to coach you to get a divorce or give you legal advice. What we are here to do is walk the path with you no matter where that may lead. My guests and I are here to help you make better decisions in this time and beyond to provide you information and resources to give you ideas about how to be your best self in a time that can bring out your worst and to give you hope. And that's our continued intent with this short series we're in right now about moving forward through divorce. During the last two weeks, we talked to two ladies and heard about their stories and how they've moved forward in powerful ways through divorce. Now it's time to talk to two gentlemen this week and next about their stories and how they've moved through divorce and beyond. This week, we are joined by Mr. David Savage, and we won't only hear about how David moved forward through divorce and beyond, we will also learn about the book he wrote called The Savage Path. Friends, it's a modern memoir about masculinity, and I don't know about you, but I can't wait to hear about that, and I am also eager to hear about his radio program on this same station, so stay tuned for a great show, my friends. David, welcome. Thank you, Christy, very much. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks for joining us. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, and uh, a topic that uh, is unfortunately very, very familiar to much of our society, and no one should have to go through it. There is a great deal of pain, and if there's anything that any of us can offer to help uh, minimize that pain, learn from it so you don't do it again. Yeah, right. uh, (laughs) Or prevent people from going through it in the first place, uh, then I'm I'm on board. Well, thank you. And I know it's not an easy thing to necessarily talk about and and dig back into it. And in fact, as we were talking before the show started, 
Uh, I've had a couple guests that I've invited and they said, yeah, I really don't want to talk about it. But really thank you for being willing to come onto the show and talk about it. Because as you well said, in our doing so and sharing our lessons learned and what we wouldn't want to ever do again, and we don't want for other people, then that really is helping people out there considering divorce in the midst of their coming out of it. And that's what the show is all about. So thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to know a little bit about that story that we're talking about uh, in this first segment. Just do you mind sharing? No, I don't mind at all. And moving beyond. So (laughs) I'll just quickly have to tell you about what precludes a divorce is a marriage. And so I was. Well, (laughs) usually. I I was. uh, I, I thought. I was emotionally immature, and it had to do with being from a family of divorced people. So uh, in my book, I even talk about it. My parents divorced after 31 years, uh, the, the year that I graduated from Texas A&M. My sister, my two sisters and my brother had also divorced, and so everybody was divorced. I'm the youngest, and so I was just kind of like, you know, I'm not getting married. And so I uh, I wanted to be with women, <laughs> and I just decided that I was going to chronologically wait until I was 28 because I had diagnosed that all of those marriages has failed because they had gotten married early. Ah. And, uh, and then when I, I met this beautiful woman with green eyes, she was from Mexico city. She was from an aristocratic family, very, very different, very mysterious. And, uh, she was studying architecture or trying to get into the university of Texas architecture school. And I was working as a consulting engineer in Austin and we met at a JC function. Mm-hmm. So, we we won a trip through KLBJ, another radio station, yeah, to go to Australia, and we won this trip to Australia. So we went to Australia, New Zealand, and we traveled a lot. She had worked uh, in Mexico City for actually the Secretary of State's office, and so very so, interesting. Yeah, unique, yeah, mysterious. it was just okay. you know, it was it was great. But but then you know the, the underpinnings were the problem, and that is you've got these cultural issues and. Audience, believe me, you're not marrying the the individual. You're marrying the whole family. So the Mm -hmm. family of origin and really understanding what you're getting into in terms of that family of origin and especially a Latin family where, you know, everything is so exaggerated, you know, in terms of advice and response. So that was really kind of an underpinning problem. So we have – we get married in Mexico City Mm -hmm. in 1988. I only – my only request was that my part of the – Ceremony being English, and that didn't even happen. So the ceremony was kind of mm. meaningless to me. Uh, and so you're painting a to, bit of a picture here. <laughs> yeah, I, there were many, many red flags. And uh, even you know, though we you were, were 28, that's correct. We were already we were already <laughs> living together, and you know that was really the problem. And so, and I and yeah. you, all your other friends are getting married, and you're kind of like, look, I, I don't think I'm saying anything new to most of the listeners out no, there. No, men don't want to commit, and you know they basically are worn down. You know, <laughs> and. Uh, and that's not the way it's supposed to work, right? Right. Not according to God, not according to what true marriage is and happiness and you know one one flesh and all that. So uh, we had our first child, a daughter, in 1990, and then my son in 1991, and things were going along pretty well. Uh, you know, I was doing extremely well at work in my career, and uh, when we became parents, I really leaned back into my faith. I was like, man, you know, I want to be the best dad that I can be. So I've gotten married, even though. All these other divorces, you know, occurred in my family. And I'm going to get it right. I'm going to be the one who makes it. You right. know, I'm going to get well, off the island or whatever. You know, that, <laughs> that was kind of my whole thought process. And, and I mean, extremely disciplined about it. And so I went on a 
a retreat called the Walk to Emmaus, mm. which was this spiritual retreat, and it was fantastic, you know. And, I, and that was in 1994. So my kids are just, you know, toddlers. And yeah. I came home, and man, I was changed. I was gonna, re- I was trying not to swear, and just, you know, I really changed my behavior, and it kind of scared my wife because she was like, "Wait a minute, you know, now there's somebody or something else is having a greater influence on my husband than mm. me." And she was, she told me she was a believer. Um, other red flags, you know, leading up into our marriage. You know, she, she said, look, we got to get married in Mexico City. Um, that's where my family is. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, but we have to get married in the Catholic Church. And I was a Methodist. And so you have to meet with a Catholic priest. And then you have to sign this piece of paper that says that you're going to raise all your kids Catholic. And I said, I- I'm not going to do that. And so she just paid the bribe down in Mexico City so that we could do that. And so, so we were starting, you know, yeah, it breaking the like rules. you were starting kind of on her rules, not joined. You know, something right. that's coming to mind is uh, from a biblical standpoint, equally yoked too. And now here you're moving on and and finding kind of going back into your faith. And so you already had all these other kind of of the world things. And by the way, let me just stop and say, you're not alone because your story, although not the same, is similar. Same thing. We we thought that we were on the same page, but really we weren't. And and so now, so take us, you're you're at that retreat. And, and so a little bit of your divorce story. So it comes yeah. to divorce. So in 1999, so both kids are in school now. And she was beginning to wonder what to do with life because she she'd never worked, uh, you know, d- during the marriage. And that was what I wanted, you know. And I don't know what happened. I was promoted. We moved to Beaumont. Uh, I was promoted to district manager. I was having to travel a little bit more. And and I won't speculate to what her reasons were, but she we would go to Mexico City for to visit her family. And then she said, I don't want you to come with me because then the kids just talk to you and they're not learning Spanish. So you stay home. And so in 1999, when I got the papers in April, she was going to go down with the kids to Mexico City. And so at the same time, I had a, the pastor of our church in Beaumont now, we'd moved from Corpus Christi to Beaumont, asked me, because I have a civil engineering degree and, and, a, and a vast knowledge of drainage and flood control, to go to Honduras where they'd had all these floods. And so I called her in Mexico City and I said, hey, you know, you're down there with the kids. I think I'm going to use a week of vacation. I'm going to go serve on this mission you know, with the with the church because of my flood control. I, I feel like literally God was tapping me on the shoulder for this. And she blew up. She had this incredible temper. You're not going to waste, you know, our so money. So at and, this uh, point, you, know. you were already, you were already divorced. You, you no, no, this was what okay. led it. So I, I believe that was the event. And then, you know, a couple months later, I just get served papers. Oh, like okay. out of nowhere. I mean, so you're one, you know, thinking about the listeners out there, they're all different stories of divorce, right? And mm-hmm. how we come to it. But, you know, there's the ones that are just served papers. I know right now statistics even show like gray and silver divorces where people are coming in. They've been married for like 30 some odd years and they walk in, the house is cleaned out and the papers are sitting on the table. They've come home from a trip. And so there's folks that just are blindsided. There are, yeah. yeah, and then there's folks that, you know, it may be their choice, but you know, what I'm hearing in here is I, I love that you started with the fact that y- you have to consider the marriage first, right? right? There was a marriage before the divorce. And when we come to that divorce, we come to that crisis and we decide, okay, this is going to potentially 
teaches us something or not. And that's what this show is about moving forward. So real quick, uh, if you can share, what do you think as you moved through this process, uh, what did you do well? And let's just tackle that shortly and then we'll, we'll cover the rest in the next segment. Yeah. What did I do? Well, I, I focused on my kids. That was it. You know, ah. I mean, look, they don't have any uh, say in the matter. I love my kids. I did not want to be, and, and everything was about the kids for me. So I got to jump in right there. Our guest that we had on the show last week, that's exactly what she said in there, focusing on the kids. And that's one of the things that when we begin to focus on what's beyond, that's why this series is talking about moving forward through divorce and beyond is we're not focusing on the me, me, me aspect of it. Uh, we're here to help people move through the divorce process in the best way they can. And so oftentimes stepping beyond yourself and looking at the betterment of the kids. I mean, they're the ones that are going to continue on. And folks, we're talking to Mr. David Savage. He's here with us sharing his story of divorce. And like yours, you may, you know, same thing. I have been blindsided by the divorce. Maybe you're the one considering it. But what we're here to do is help you always to look at divorce with your eyes wide open, but not only today, but beyond. And if in fact you are moving through divorce uh, right now, you're in the middle of it and moving forward, thinking about what's the future and the future for your children. And as David is sharing, what he did well was he thought about his kids. And when we come back, we're going to talk about maybe what he didn't do so well and what's happening now in his life that maybe he used from his divorce, what he learned from divorce to put into what he is doing now. So you guys stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. There's a lot at stake in a divorce, and you want trusted and specialized counsel. Houston attorney Craig Haston is board certified by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization and has more than 25 years of legal experience. And experience is everything. Craig will help you make the best choices for your family and your future. When divorce seems to be your next step, contact one of the most recognized attorneys in Texas, Craig Haston. To schedule a consultation, call 281-890-1300 or go to HastonLaw.com. If you've gone through or are going through divorce, you know it can leave you in a dark financial hole, feeling very confused and afraid. But there's hope. Her Sermon is a financial coach and works with those navigating the financial decisions of divorce. Whether it's eliminating debt or creating your financial wellness, you want Hirsch on your team. Hirsch's easy process helps you see the reality of your financial situation and make better decisions. Stop the suffering and get out of that financial black hole. Contact Hirsch today. Go to lifecycle.financial. That's lifecycle.financial. You'll be so grateful you did. When you're selling your home, you want to wow people when they see it. Or if you're not selling and want to enhance your enjoyment of the home, consider Simple Elegance. The team at Simple Elegance, led by Mary Scally, are masters at staging homes for sale or helping you design your interior for maximum impact. Do what new home builders do. Call the staging masters, Simple Elegance, at 877-458-8254 and simpleelegancetx.com. Achieving the best outcome in divorce can be extremely tough when alcohol abuse is part of the process, especially around co-parenting. But there's help with remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to prove their sobriety. 
Soberlink uses real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection to ensure accurate and reliable results. With Soberlink, you can be confident that your kids are with a sober parent. For an exclusive $50 off your device and to download a Technologies to Help with Divorce resource guide that I developed with Soberlink, visit soberlink.com backslash dch. In divorce, real estate is one of the largest assets of the marital estate, and it must be considered carefully. You'll want a specialist in divorce real estate to help you do that. You'll want the Gifford Group to help you uncover the unknowns and make informed decisions throughout the process. The professionals at the Gifford Group will help you get the facts, which will help remove the fear that can run high through the process, and you'll make better decisions. Get the facts and remove the fear. Contact the Gifford Group today at thegiffordgroup.com. And we're back. We're talking to Mr. David Savage. I'm so happy that you're here in the studio with us, David. Well, glad to be here. And we're talking about David's story of divorce. We've been talking to a couple different people, two ladies over the last couple of weeks about their story of divorce, how they move through divorce and beyond what they learned through it. Uh, we may not like that we've been through a divorce. We might have not wanted to. We might have been like David, blindsided with a divorce. But if we can take those lessons and learnings through divorce and move forward, we can create a different life, maybe even a better life. And that's what we're going to see. What's the rest of the story with mm-hmm. David, right? And so in the first segment, we talked just briefly about what you did well, and you focused on your on your children, mm-hmm. uh, got outside of yourself and focused on your children, just not what she did or he did and those sorts of things. Now I'm going to kind of turn the tables on you. What would you have maybe changed as you moved through divorce? I probably would have sought counseling. I, you know, men are not very honest with themselves about the pain. And so you kind of go to the cave or you bury yourself in work or you distract yourself. And so I, I took a promotion to a national North America sales manager position. I was flying all over the country. And, you know, so you feel important. You're doing work, but you're just all you're doing is work. And I was exhausted. And then I realized without a spouse, you know, I didn't have anybody to go look for a place to live. And, you know, when I was home on the weekends, I was like, oh. I gotta, I gotta go find a place to live. Yeah, and, uh, turns out. And so, uh, <laughs> and I, so I, and I was drinking more than I should have. You know, I had a corporate expense account, and I was traveling all over, and and so I was not coping, you know, in healthy ways. You know, from that standpoint, I, I probably drank more than I should so have. I didn't. How did you think maybe the counseling would have helped you? Well, I just think talking out loud and kind of feeling your feelings, you know, mm. processing your feelings, feeling your feelings, because I was really, really upset, you know, because of the loss of I wouldn't be living with my children anymore. Right. It's, you know, let's talk about the reality of it. The reality is it's a hard situation, right? The and worst. It, it, yeah. It's one of the worst. And until yeah. you go through it, you don't understand uh, and like many things in life, until you go through it, like a death of a, a spouse or a, a parent or a child, I, I talk about this often, you know, we know we're going to lose our parents, but we've never been through it. And when we lose them, it's it's something that it's, it's one of the hardest things to go through. But um, talking about those feelings, it's interesting. Uh, last year we had, uh, we did a series on men and divorce and we had, uh, counselor come onto the show, uh, Jeff Stuckey. And he talked about how men, what you're saying exactly, have a hard time kind of sitting in the vulnerability place. They can kind of, mm-hmm. kind of if I remember correctly, they, you know, men, uh, no anger, 
uh, they know happy, right? Mm. They don't really know the in between. And so, but not just men, what we tend to do, if we don't want to step into that challenging place, what do we do? We step around it. We fill the void with all these other things of the world, right? And so I think that's just really honest that you would have sought counseling. And so I guess the question would be, did you eventually? I did with the kids. Um, okay. I didn't really for myself. I was because of the betrayal of, you know, the surprise made the betrayal. And I felt like my brother-in-law, who I was very close to, was, uh, you know, an accomplice. He had given her money and everything. all this was so lots of betrayal. Like, uh, and that's this hard. was like the whole thing. I just was yeah. so, so I, I can't even tell you how furious I was. And uh, so I wasn't ready to uh, to process that. No. With anybody, uh, not an I, easy I, thing to do. I would uh, put on Jackson Brown and listen to Fountain of Sorrow and <laughs> and just cry by myself or something, you know. But uh, no, I didn't. I didn't really go to counseling uh, until actually in my marriage. Now I just understood how important it was. You know, she had children. She had come from an alcoholic uh, husband, kind of abusive relationship, and so I've just learned whether it's financial planners or anything. Man, to have a third person there. It's just, it, it it really helps. Well, I uh, love what you're saying. I mean, heck, I'm a divorce coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, right? and I would I would use you if I were, I'm never going through one again, by the yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and oftentimes yeah. we, uh, of course, we don't want to. I, I say that often. We don't go right. into marriage wanting to get divorced. Right. But that third person to bounce ideas off of, to kind of just check your thinking too. And what happens in divorce you were in such betrayal that your emotional, uh, that all the emotional parts of your brain were so focused on that, right? And what people don't understand is that we can't make clear decisions when we are in that part of the brain. And so I think that's very honest for you to say, I probably should have. And so folks, if you're out there listening, that's part of what these stories are to help you do is say, hey, this is somebody who's been there and he wishes he had sought counseling. So guess what? Hint, hint. Go uh, visit with a counselor. But okay, so move is, we talked about what you uh, did that you you thought was right. You focused on the kids and then you sought counseling with the kids, but probably should have sought some counseling for yourself of what you could have done better, right? Right. So move us ahead from there into now and taking the learning lessons and putting that into the future. What'd you do with that? Like maybe a book? I did. Well, <laughs> First, you know, when you get divorced, you have to uh, you have to honestly really look at yourself and say, well, you know, it wasn't it's never 100 percent the other person's fault. You could feel that way even if you, you know, ambush, betrayed, infidelity, whatever. But there's something that you have to own. And if you don't, then you're going to repeat history. And that's yeah. kind of what we don't want to do. There's two people <laughs> right. in the marriage, right? <laughs> right. And so I... Uh, First, I, I, I discovered this book that I brought here with me, Wing to Wing, Or to Or, Readings on Courting and Marrying, which is a fantastic book. Yeah. And, Tell us uh, about that. So I was flying around the country, redesigning our compensation plans and everything else, and I read a review on this book uh, in the USA Today newspaper, and it was just talking, these two sociology professors, husband, wife, Cass and Cass, were saying, golly, man, we're looking at all these college kids coming in here, 17, 18, 19-year-olds. There is no courtship. They have no idea what courtship is. Mm. You know, they don't even date. They're just going out to a party, hooking up for sex, and then dispersing afterward. Yeah. And it's and just that's going to really end up in a good marriage. Right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, there's just no intimacy at all. Right. You know, and it's just the, a physical act. You know, it's right. like a performance. And so they wrote this book uh, about courting and marrying. And, 
and I had really, I, I, again, just as a confession, you know, I, I was angry essentially with all women. You know, I was kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, general about that. And I was just angry, and I think women can feel the same way. Yeah. It's like all men. And, and, and I wasn't going to get married. But then once I, I read this book completely, and I realized that I didn't have the proper training. I didn't really get any advice from my dad on marriage. Yeah, we didn't, did and, we? And like, oh, maybe there's something there. And if I can go research this, you know, uh, pragmatically, you know, without emotion, well, guess what? God made me to be married. And instead of trying to just get out of it like I was before and then, and then I just gave in, that was passivity, I'm going to be intentional. I decided I want to be married. I'm going to have a criteria for marriage. And then I'm going to be super interested in looking for a wife. Well, first of all, that's extremely attractive to all women. <laughs> Even if you're a 40 year old ball guy. <laughs> but, uh, but I wanted, you know, I knew that she had to be a Christian. I knew I was bringing, you know, kids into the marriage. So if she has some baggage from previous marriage, I have to accept that as well. And, and so uh, I was just very, therapeutic, you know, about how I went about it. And then I met her through ChristianSingleWeb.com, actually, a billboard in front of her office yeah, in Shirley. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. You know, what I hear in there is that you got clear. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you got clear on what you wanted and what you didn't want. And then you were intentional about finding it. And what if I take that and I take us back to segment one, when you were talking about kind of just, uh, well, 28, other people don't get divorced, and I found this beautiful green-eyed woman, and all these things happened. There was not—I didn't hear a lot of clarity. It was—matter of fact, it sounded like it was a lot of her clarity. Right. It was you, resignation. Right. I mean, I was kind of like—well, she was putting tremendous pressure. Uh, funny, long story, but I won't share it about <laughs> the proposal, actually. And, and you know— and, Right. So, so there wasn't there wasn't really clarity. And one of the things as a coach that I do is help people get— really clear. And I will say that probably if you're around me for more than about 10 minutes, you're going to hear me talk about the reason we have conflict is because we don't have clarity. And when we get clear, we can take better steps to create a better life. And that's what we're about in the show. This That's what we're about with the series, helping people move forward and beyond. And so you got clear, mm-hmm. then you were intentional and you found her. I did. You found her. And then what else? So, so we got married in 2002 and she had two stepsons, you know, my, or her sons, you know, that are, they were 13 and 15 at the time, which made it a little bit tough because she'd been a single mom for seven years. And then, you know, here's this new man coming into the house and they had not had a very good model before. And that's so. a whole nother show. We can talk yep. about uh, blended families because yes. <laughs> I, I, I was a stepmother as well. So I, I understand that at all as probably, well. Probably, I would say being a stepparent is the most Christ-like thing that you'll ever be asked to do because you have to love unconditionally and have no expectation that would be reciprocated. It might, yeah, but you can't expect it. Yeah. And, and so we went through all of that, but we, we actually founded a Bible study class at second Baptist called the zoo for blended families, which should, you know, had that no ministry. That is a good yeah. definition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was because, you know, you're running the kids all around you got, and the three big issues, you know, with blended families, of course, are, you know, custody, uh, visitation, you know, all those kind of manipulation tactics, child support, financial, yeah, and then discipline. On top of a relationship. And and so what I'm hearing in there, that clarity, you came together, you a Christian woman. Yes. Um, so, you were, And then together you were creating this Bible study. And folks, when we come back, 
Uh, we're talking to David Savage, and he's sharing his story of divorce, what he learned through it, uh, what he did well, what he should, or what rather, I don't like that word should, but he thought maybe he um, could have uh, sought counseling. And then he got clear, got clear on what he wanted for the next phase of his life, and then was an intentional and uh, a, a Christian woman came into his life. And together, we will hear the rest of the story in segment three. And I want to hear that about that book because I know it was a part of this process. So right. friends, come on back. David Savage is joining me today. You'll want to hear the rest of the story. Here's today's two-minute tip. Folks, we're back to powerful people practices in this week's two-minute tip You might recall that in my work as an accredited and certified coach, I've discovered what I call powerful people practices. When honed and consistently applied, these are practices that can significantly move you forward in the best direction possible. And who doesn't want that? Today, we'll briefly touch on the first powerful people practice. We change our focus. When we are in the midst of divorce or recovering from it, we might find ourselves focusing on what we've lost or what's in the past. It brings to mind a devotional I recently read. It's from the Open Doors devotional by Pastor Rick Warren. In that devotional, Pastor Rick talked about our focus when we are driving. We can either focus our eyes ahead on the road, seeing where we want to go or could go, or we can focus on the rear view mirror. Drive long enough while looking in the rear view mirror and you're going to crash, he wrote. I don't want to crash, do you? I doubt it. And I don't also always want to be looking backwards. Studies show that what we focus on, we get more of. Talking about divorce, if I'm focusing on what is behind me, what's lost or in the past, what am I going to get? I wonder. Sometimes we must look into our rearview mirror to become aware of our surroundings, and doing so informs our forward progress. But other than the necessary checking of the mirrors for gaining that awareness to inform that forward progress, I don't want to stay focused on what's behind, and I certainly don't want to crash. I want to look to the future, to look ahead and open my eyes to what's before me. Don't you? So, what must we do? Yep, you guessed it. We must change our focus. As is often with the two-minute tip, there's more to this than what I've shared here. If you want to know more, reach out to me. Email me at christy at christystratton.com or find me at the Divorce Coaching Hour. And also keep listening each week for another two-minute tip, all to support you or someone you know who is facing or moving forward through divorce. And please share this episode with those who will benefit. Barring from Paul Harvey today, the rest of the story. I'm also dating myself. <laughs> uh, this is a props to my dad. Uh, my parents, they used to listen to, I almost remember it was like 103 point something. Um, it was oldies back in the day in Houston. And now I love it. And I used to think it was really old music and I love all that music, but Paul Harvey played on there. The rest of this story. So folks, welcome back to segment three. We're talking to David Savage. He's been sharing his story of divorce, what he did well and what maybe he could have changed and how he then got clear and moved forward. And we're going to speed on up and bring it to today so you can hear that rest of the story and what he learned through the process and what maybe brought him to... The Savage Path, which is his book that I'm holding here. David, tell us about The Savage Path and maybe how the lessons and learnings through divorce brought you to this book. They did. It's Well, I was disgusted with 
everything related to the cancel culture, and that is the attack on the institutions that made America great and, you know, a Judeo-Christian society. And marriage is one of those. Yeah. Boy Scouts is one of those. Uh, Church and, you know, freedom of religion is one of those. And all those are under attack. And if, you know, you've been under a rock somewhere and there needed to be a response. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to write a book. And I want to share this wisdom. I want to know. I want people to know the truth that it doesn't have to be this way. Right. And masculinity is a positive. It's a good thing. It's what the Bible intended. And there has been a radical uh, feminism that has attacked everything that was good about masculinity. You know, they they made important gains for wages and you know the titles pendulum and things. has swung too far. Right. That that is exactly. Right. I agree a hundred percent. So I wrote the book, and my. My heart is, you know, first to help young men like my stepsons who weren't raised without good father models. And, you know, again, like I said earlier, I didn't get advice on marriage. They got advice on almost nothing. And I think there's a whole bunch of young men out there that are struggling who have been raised by single moms or an alcoholic or absent father in some way and just didn't have, you know, the coach uh, that they needed. I agree with you. Someone who's been single for quite some time and seeing that between friends and relationships I've been in, when that critical father element, that masculine element is removed and it's the woman, the single woman who's raising the, the young men, there's just something completely missing. And so I just honor the work that you're, you're doing. And so the Savage Path, a memoir of modern masculinity. How did, so you're speaking to uh, cancel culture and mm-hmm. that really brought it about what in it, um, and I'm kind of leading you here, but what in it is, uh, came to it from your lessons and learning from divorce? Well, so the, the theme or the thread through the book is that a common purpose for all men, all men, you have special gifting for your special purposes, but the common purpose for all men in my in my belief is that you have three things you know you need to find a will to obey god's will a work to do and a woman to love so the woman to love part is that thread throughout the book so it's a memoir from my childhood and it's my early experiences with women and girls and dating and my tender heart and you know everything and and i think uh, i i didn't write it for women in fact i thought i might be you know criticized a little bit but i have found that women are very interested in the book because they want to know how men think and most men don't communicate very well and this is just a very open transparent humorous and humble story of one person's journey through the wilderness that's why it's called the savage path the metaphor because i'm a big backpacker is and it's your last name it, yeah, that's true too. It, 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 it's a good hook yeah. it, is, it works very yeah. nicely i yeah. like it you know i love what you're saying there is the will work and the woman and uh, probably a lot of women want to hear that as well i mean uh, as a woman you you want a strong leader and a man and i don't think on the flip side of all this women are raised to understand this i didn't get advice about Uh, marriage and like you very much unclear married what I thought I wanted. It was no marriage at all. I know. I mean, it was a marriage in paper, but there was not that um, uh, the two people coming together and creating a life together. Um, uh, There was really was not faith in it. We weren't uh, even, even though we said there was, we weren't necessarily equally yoked. 
but and and so you know that's the past we learn from it we grow and it sounds like as you grew through that you discovered uh some things um one about a little bit about women uh that you've got to have a will so tell me about this will so god's will and you can be obedient to it you can try to discern it or you can run from it and hide from it and try to escape it and like I said, the metaphor is is backpacking in the wilderness. And so, you know, the world out there is the wilderness and it, it's a True. scary place. You know, you can get lost. Yeah, and it can be. bad things can happen. And when you're backpacking, if you make a mistake, you can compound that mistake. So if you get off your maps and you're lost and you're like, oh, well, we'll just bushwhack over here at 13,000 feet elevation, well, you've just doubled your problems. So what you have to do is you have to first admit, I, all right, we made a mistake. I don't know where we got off, but we're lost. <laughs> you have to admit that you're lost. And then you go, all right, I got to double back. I got a course correct. And that's the, that, the chapter actually on my marital refocus, this wing to wing or to or book is, is called, you know, course correction. And, and I have to interject a, a funny story here because my Please pastor, do. my pastor, Dr. Ed Young, he's talking about, he doesn't do a lot of weddings for young people anymore because he doesn't know that many really young couples. But they don't go through the appropriate uh, counseling. And, and he said he's, he sat there and done some of these. You know, and he looks at this bride, and she's beautiful, and she's got her wedding gown on, and the, and the groom. And, and the bride's looking at him and going, I'll never have to work again. And he's going to give me my house and my car and all this. And, and then the, uh, the, the husband's going, well, you know, I'll always have sex whenever I want it. And, and, he, and you know what you call that? Two ticks and no dog. Okay, I was going to call it like a soap opera. <laughs> it's just that they both are there to be a parasite, you right. know, or the other. They're not really thinking about what a real marriage is supposed to be. No. And that's that's really kind of a, a very good snapshot of a, a lot of, uh, I would call, you know, the millennials. They'll hate me. You know, maybe you get some bad emails. But you got to think about it's a partnership. Well, I think it's youth. Because if we look at ourselves, too, I didn't really know what marriage was. I I had a picture in my head, and I found it, and I lived it, and then I realized it was nothing of what I wanted. And thank you, God, for separating that, bringing me back to Texas, and then getting really clear on what I did want. And so, uh, you know, a, lo- a lot of people do talk about millennials. I think that's youth. Right. Pretty much. We were very similar. Now, obviously, there's a whole bunch of different set of circumstances these days. But, okay, you know, I want to go back to this backpacking analogy. Yeah. Partly Mm -hmm. partly because I love hiking. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I think that's a really good thing to think about. If we're thinking about the savage path, there's a wilderness out there. We can get lost. Well, now we've divorced. Mm hmm. It's a new world out there and it can be savage, right? And so it can be, we can get lost. But what you said there, I've got to find my will. You, I've got to find in God's will. And that's what we're speaking here right. on this show. And if you don't do that, if you're not obedient to that, you can very easily get off the path. But what you also said, you got to admit where you are and then course correct. Correct. So tell me about that. So... We've been, I, I actually share a lot of backpacking stories. I was a backpacking guide and, you know, when we did get lost and, you know, the, you just have to go to your maps and go, okay, look, I, I, I don't want to give up elevation. I don't want to hike back down, you know, this 2000 feet that I've just climbed. That was very big exertion. I don't want to give up miles, but in the end, that's what you have to do. And you have to go back to where, you know, where you're on the right path. Again. You have to get clear again. 
You got it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> clarity. Clarity. That clarity, because without it, you're going to you, you'll just never t- know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. you're <laughs> always going to be that fork in the road, and you never. And so, folks, I hope what you're hearing here is um, David's journey on this path we called life through hills and valleys of uh, a marriage. And what he's discovered along the way is to get really clear on where you are, admit where you are, and then course correct. And in doing so, you have to find the right path. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that right path brought you to a wife mm-hmm. and this book. Mm-hmm. And now... What else has it brought you to? I'm baiting you here. <laughs> a, a radio show and a radio podcasting. Show. I, I, all this new th- stuff that's uh, I'm very unfamiliar with, but it's very exciting and interesting. I didn't even, I had no idea the uh, extent of podcasting and how popular it is. And, you know, I like radio because it, it's intimate. You're, 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 you could just have your earbuds on and it's like right there just essentially in your brain or you could be in your car driving and, you know, you have an intimate connection with the audience. We don't know where you're listening to this program at. Right. And But you can and drive and you when. can do other things. Right. That's true, too. <laughs> so I'm it, super excited about the opportunity to uh, to have a show. And, and so what is the show? Share. It's called Salt and Pepper Conversations. And uh-huh. I have a pastor friend of mine, Aaron Thomas, who, uh, believe it or not, he's actually the salt. Because he's supposed to be salt and light as a pastor. And I'm pepper. And that's because I struggle with... Uh, Hot tempers and dark thoughts, you know, and okay. so we have salt and pepper, but actually he's an African-American and I'm, I'm a Caucasian. So there's a so. lot of plays yes, on the word yes, here. Yes. Well, I've listened to it and I think it's very honest, uh, um, authentic, and I, I believe I understand that it is focused really on encouraging men. It is. Is that correct? It is. Okay. And tell me about that. So, you know, we've done our first few series. We did one on race. We've done it on rejecting passivity, which was my problem, you know, in the first marriage. I this clarity and intentional the accepting responsibility, you know, that's right. Admitting you're lost. That's going back, you know, taking stock of how you contributed to the first divorce. That whatever. reality that, admitting, so that you can, yeah. you know, it's, it's counted as experience. If you learn from it, if, if, <laughs> if you make the same mistake again, you're just stupid. You yeah. Know? Well, and, and, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of things that people call it. I had a boss one time that said, if you make the mis- mistake again, then it's a bad thing. You can make mistakes first. And folks, that's what we're talking about here is we've made mistakes. It's not for us to live in the past. It's to draw upon from that. Just like when you are backpacking. All right. I admit I'm off the path. Let me course correct. Let me get clear and discern where I'm going, wh- which path I'm going to take now. And that's what we've got to do, folks. And what you might have heard in the segment one, you can't do it on your own, right? Or uh, we talked about having a, an objective person with you, maybe a counselor. And when we come back, we're going to hear final thoughts and anything else about David's journey. And uh, we're, we're not going to get lost, I promise. That's right. <laughs> so you guys come on back. Hear the rest of the story. Friends, I'm so glad that you're listening to the Divorce Coaching Hour. And there's something I want you to know. I really want you to hear this. I, as a divorce coach and the host of this show, don't advocate for divorce in general. Our goal is to glorify God first and foremost by helping you save your marriage. The fact of the matter is that there are times when a marriage can't be saved. I know. I've been there. And when it can't be saved, we want to walk alongside you through it. We want to help you pick up the fragments, put the pieces together, and help you stand strong and walk through divorce courageously. And I want to share something with you that may help. 
I'm on another show here on KKHT. I'm honored to be the wingman on Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendela, where each week Richard and I talk about the intersection of our faith and the secular world. And together with interesting guests, we shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for Courageous Christianity. It's my belief that Courageous Christianity with Richard Mindelow can be another resource that you can turn to as you walk through this path of significant change in your life. So please join us. You can catch the show on this station, 100.7 FM KKHT, at 12 p.m. noon Central Time, Saturdays, and online at kkht.com as well. Hey, grab your lunch and join us for both shows back-to-back, 12 p.m. noon for Courageous Christianity and 1 p.m. for the Divorce Coaching Hour. You can also find all shows under podcasts, under the Programs tab on KKHT.com. Richard and I hope you'll listen in. As always, if you want to reach me, you can find me at thedivorcecoachinghour.com or call me at 281-944-8043. We are grateful for you joining us each week and for your support. have been having some fun today with... The rest of the story, <laughs> borrowing from Paul Harvey, and that's been fun. And but, but we are hearing the rest of the story. We're here with David Savage. He is an author. Uh, he is now a radio show host. Congratulations. Thanks. Uh, here on this station, Salt and Pepper Conversations. We've been talking about David's journey of divorce on this path. Uh, aptly named his book, The Savage Path, and his path from going through divorce, moving forward through it, uh, getting clear, um, admitting where he was on that path, course correcting, and then coming to today uh, with a marriage, a blended family, a book, and a podcast. You know, what's coming to mind right now, David, somebody may be out there and they're like, life is over life and it's not going to be any better but what i'm hearing here is that what we talk about a lot is there is opportunity and possibility beyond divorce would you agree of course yes I mean, yeah. no one wants to but we have to carry on and and christ teaches us about forgiveness and you really can't move on in any aspect of your life if you don't forgive that. You, you're it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die, and and so you've yeah. got to forgive that person no matter what they did, so that you can be healthy enough to move on and have better relationships. Because we need kids. you, we need right. your gifts. Obviously, we've needed your gifts of this book and now this this uh, podcast, this radio show, and podcast. And so before we jump into any final thoughts or anything else that you may want to uh, speak to, let's find out how we find out about you. How can listeners find out about you, your book, and your podcast? Okay. Well, the book, The Savage Path, is best, uh, you know, you go to my website, which is thesavagepath.com. That's pretty easy. And, uh, <laughs> at thesavagepath.com, there's uh, lots of uh, referrals and endorsements and video clips and you know you can find out more about it there's 50 reviews up on amazon that can tell you more about the book so look at what another reader might have to say about it yeah but i would just encourage you to take a look at it uh it's basically how you're going to try to what i've done is you know find that will to obey and then stay in it 
It's like being under the umbrella. Things went well when I'm under God's will. That's what's happening now. That's why I have Amen the podcast, that, the radio show, right? and everything else. <laughs> so stay in God's will. I found the woman to love, and I'm cherishing her and protecting her and treating her like God's child that she is. Oh, that's beautiful. And, then, and you know, you're doing amazing do, work. That's, you know, that's it. It took me 60 years, but I, <laughs> I got hey, there. <laughs> I often say I'm a, a late bloomer, so maybe right. we're... <laughs> right. Well, there's a lot of characters in the Bible that did their best work late in life. Hey, you know? good. Thank you. That, yes. that gives me hope. Okay, so thesavagepath.com. Folks, you might want to write that down. Go check out that book. How about Salt and Pepper Conversations? So we have an email called Salt and Pepper Conversations. And not ampersand a n d at gmail dot com and okay. we would love to have uh, ideas suggestions uh, we're we're wrapping up a session on the seven deadly sins which has been real interesting uh, the seven deadly I sins can only today imagine. so yeah. we've covered you know pride and envy and anger and sloth so uh, in fact this morning you know we we recorded on avarice oh wow and. and and Aaron was like, what's avarice? And I'm like, greed, you know? So <laughs> oh, when, yeah. when can you hear this? When, when do you guys so hear we, yeah, the So we're on it Sundays at three o'clock on KKHT. And then, you know, the podcast is available. Uh, you can actually just go to the podcast app or you can go to iHeartRadio or KKHT app. Yeah, easy. And, so uh, Sundays at three here on 100.7 FM KKHT, the word I've said that before. Yes, good. <laughs> so you can hear the show there and then podcast it and you can find out about the book at the Savage Path. Dot com. David, what else would you want to share with the listeners? Well, I would just say, you know, don't don't give up. I, I have two songs that I was listening to yesterday that okay. are great. All right. Awesome. And, and if you haven't heard Linda Ronstadt sing Love Has No Pride, go listen to it. Okay. And, and she says in this, she just wails in this one verse, you know, I'm willing to go down on my knees, anything to get you back to me. And so don't give up on your marriage. If you're not divorced, try to save it. There was something there, and maybe it can be restored. You know, there's a. I think I'm just putting a thought to this. What you said, getting clear, admitting where you are, and course correcting. There's still time in the marriage. Yes, absolutely. So we are talking about doing this, moving forward through divorce and beyond. But you can do that within marriage. So yes. that's a great point. Will work. Well, woman, but it, that wouldn't necessarily work for the woman. We need a man. We got to change yeah, that yeah. that three. <laughs> right. So don't give up. Love has no pride. Linda Ronstadt. Yes. Boy, that's a blast from the past. Right? And the second song, another great voice, Faith Hill, Better Days. Better Days. And so if you if you are going to go through the divorce and you know it's just kind of inevitable or you're you know coming out the tail end of it, listen to that song, Better Days. It's very encouraging and uplifting to say Better Days are coming. And, you know, and, and, and she reassures you and she says, I'll be there making certain that they do. And so mm. there's going to be somebody else, another person, another woman to love, like I found or you know, people in your life. After you got clear. Yes. <laughs> uh, so better days are better coming. Better days ahead. Coming I love that. And that's what we want to do is give hope. So faith listen to those two one. songs. They're just fantastic okay. songs. Yeah, I love that. And that that's not, you know, oftentimes we we get really into the nitty gritty and we got to do this and, you know, I can do that in coaching, but go listen to two great songs and, and that feel is, your feelings. Yeah. And that music has a way of doing that. It, it sure does. And okay. So thank you for those. I gotta, I gotta add those to my playlist and, uh, what? I actually have a whole playlist of, uh, and I listened to it last night. I built it of just these ballads that are, and it made me feel so good. Uh, 
You know, so. I th- you know, I want to pause on that for a moment. There are things that we can do to help ourselves move through. And we're talking about, you know, through and beyond and pretty significant areas. But music can be so uplifting. I have playlists, too. I have one called Hang On for those moments. I just feel like I'm hanging on by my, my little fingers. And I'm just in that moment of, you know, uh, upset and crisis. I've got, I created one last year for, for COVID and I forgot what I called it. But I think it was vivid i tried to type covid and then in the playlist thing it actually came across as vivid i was like well there you go that'll be lift me a lift you up type of thing but yeah thank you for that exchange playlists yeah there you go there you go any final thoughts um just hang in there you know we're praying for you everybody out there i've got you know a a certain young woman named hunter that might be listening to this show we're praying for her and her family and her parents are also getting divorced so there's just a lot of divorce going it's kind of blown up that whole family and uh it we're just everyone. we're just with you out there and, and remember to think of the kids first just think of the kids first i love that two shows in a row we've uh my guests have spoken to that so thank you because the kids get caught in the crossfire of this. And I've seen, and I've mentioned this before, and again, this might date me along with the rest of the story, but Gumby, you remember Gumby? Yes. Back in the days? <laughs> <laughs> but Gumby, you know, you could stretch his arms and, and I've just been into, I was a stepmother. I've seen too many blended families where the kids are just pulled because they're, they're trying to alienate and all of that sort of stuff. And so really, thank you. Focus on the kids and the betterment for the kids, folks. Um, step outside yourself and the the pain that you're feeling. And when, in fact, you do focus on something better, it actually helps you feel better. And uh, so thanks for sharing that. It's very important um, advice. And that's what we're here to do. We're here what you're doing is to help people. I'm here mm-hmm. as a divorce coach to help people to think through things. And David, you've given us some really great things to think about today. Um, that path that we're on, not always easy. Sometimes we do get lost. Uh, and um, But we can find our way. We can admit where we are. We can course correct. We can create a better life for our family, for our future, for our children. And, you know, folks, that's what we're doing here on this show is to help bring that hope to you tips and tools and resources experience from other people because we know it's hard you know maybe uh i'm not i didn't go through the same thing you did david you didn't go through the exact same thing i did but we've been there we know it's hard and we want to walk the path with people so you're not alone you're not alone so think speaking of the path the savage path thank Mm -hmm. you for walking this path with us all right. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thanks for being here. And folks, you know, just know that my guests and I are here to provide you the information and the insight when you need it most. We understand that it's not an easy time. Right. And so I hope that you'll continue to come back to the show and listen because we have people who share their stories honestly, humbly, Uh, We also have experts, attorneys. Matter of fact, we're going to be doing a back to school uh, uh, series here coming up in August. We have experts who can give you those tips and resources. But sometimes it's best to learn from uh, someone who's been there and so-called done that, but they've learned and they've grown. They've mapped 
a new course, a new path, and they've created a better life, just like David. And that's what we want for you uh, as well. So friends, thanks for listening today. I'm Christy Stratton, and I can't wait to be here with you each and every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 FM KKHT, The Word.